0: Hey everyone, Jawad here with Hit the Apex Podcast for the final time in 2020. Hope everyone is doing well, is okay wherever you are in the world, and staying safe and healthy, um, most importantly. Yeah, well, we've actually made it probably to the end of the year now. Um, and I did say that I will do one last show for you this year before we wrap it up until 2021, and kind of going a bit loose for this one, not in, you know, the sense that, oh, I've had a few beers, and just gonna let it rip, and say whatever comes in my mouth, no, it's, it's more like an unplugged, you know, doing a Nirvana style, Alice in Chains style, unplugged, performance today, not really looking at any notes, you know, I've got a whole bunch of results and stuff like that in front of me and whatnot, but yeah, just more or less wanted to share, you know, my thoughts rather than do the traditional season review, analyse and be like, you know, 0.00 second difference between these guy, this guy and that guy. Um, I'll leave that to, you know, other people to... <laughs> I'll leave that for other people to do and whatnot, I just wanted to just have a casual, casual catch-up, casual chat about um, 2020 and Formula One this year, how it's all gone and everything and, you know, first and foremost, as I said last time, I think we've just got to be super, super grateful that we even got a season in this year, 21 races or 22 races, sorry, was the target, but we only got um, 17, and who would have thought that back in April, when we were kind of at the height of uh, this pandemic, as far as um, sports not being able to operate and everything like that, you know, everyone was in shutdown, and I know a lot of people at the moment still struggling in various parts of the world, w- various parts of the world, so, you know, people in the UK, people in New South Wales as well here, uh, thoughts are with you at the moment, um, mum and dad, if they are listening there in Sydney, it'll be fine, just, just, stay safe and don't do anything silly, you know, I think, um, they're trying to avoid doing a Victoria or a Melbourne-style lockdown, but, you know, it's going to require people to, um, do the right thing and everything, but, yeah, back in April it was kind of at its worst as far as you know we had no racing there was no plan to go racing Um, I don't need to go on about what happened in Melbourne this year I was there it was a disaster but it was kind of important that we had that disaster for everyone to be able to learn and um, adapt to how the show was going to be run this year and you know, at the end of the day, hats off to not only F1 as an organisation, but the FIA, you've got the teams as well involved, and all the staff and the crews involved, with the teams and with the sport directly, you know, we're talking about broadcast people as well, who committed themselves to getting this season on track and everything, and you know, July 5th, we're there in Austria, um, back-to-back races, at the same circuit something that you know we haven't done before in F1 but it kind of became the new normal you know and i probably said the the term new normal so many times this year you know especially early on and everything but it kind of became you know the norm for motorsport categories all over the world um, you know MotoGP did it with quite a number of venues seeing as they were restricted to basically Europe and then here in Australia with supercars as well, I know we had quite a few doubleheader rounds and everything um, that comes with it, so, but by that token, it wasn't, they weren't boring doubleheaders, i got to say, you know, Austria, then Styria might have been a bit processional, uh, Lewis Hamilton getting back on the board and winning there, you know, opening his account for a 7th World Championship this year, and you've got to say, you know, the form that we saw from him that second weekend, you know, I mean, the first weekend, it was great, you know, we had an exciting race, we had an outcome that perhaps, you know, we're getting used to over the last few years, where Hamilton's chief title protagonist comes out and, and wins, makes a statement, but then kind of from there, it just goes downhill, really, and that's what it did for, for Bottas, but for Hamilton, he has that tough weekend, he has the adversity, Um, also given the fact that, you know, around that time we were at the peak of the uh, human rights movements going on on all over the world, you know, Formula One aligning itself with, uh, you know, the stand against racism and promoting equality and inclusivity and all that, so, you know, Hamilton very much championing that, but there was a criticism, on that weekend, then you know, perhaps he's a little too distracted by that, but then, boy, did he respond, you know, the next three races, winning from pole position, absolutely dominating Bottas, who, you know, we saw from Hungary, really, you know, it, it, the wheels came off his title challenge, I think, you know, him getting a poor start in those changeable conditions, um, you know, Hamilton's not going to be a, you know, dodo in those conditions, but, you know, depends on the other driver too, they've got to really take it to him, you know, and be there, but no, he ended up finishing third that day behind Max Verstappen, who, you know, on the way to the grid, he he <laughs> beached the car in the barrier, you know, he um uh, some joke I'm sure we would have seen about Emirates, you know, and flying high and all that, um, and Verstappen trying to get some better aero on his car goes goes into the Emirates poster, or the Emirates arm car, I should say, and he still came back and finished second, you know, while Hamilton just cruised to a, a fine wet weather victory, you know, he's had a couple of those this year, actually, you look at Turkey as well, a race which he should not have won, absolutely should not have won, but he still won it, and that's where, you know, people who want to be critical of his you know, status now as a seven-time world champion, I think that's where people have got to really look at those individual results that he has had, you know, he's had a plethora of wins, yeah, you know, he's the all-time holder of wins now in a Formula One with 93 that he's got under his belt now, Um but he still puts on, the, puts on those performances where, you know, on that day, his rivals falter, and, you know, you look at Turkey, it was kind of just an embarrassment when it came to Bottas's race, you know, to be spinning all the time, you know, every few laps at the same corner, then to be lapped by his teammate, who, you know, let's be fair, should not have won that race, as I said before, um, and then all the races in between with Bottas, you know, he, he was consistent early on to finish on the podium, he got unlucky so much this year as well, i got to emphasize how much luck, bad luck he's had this year, you look at Silverstone, um, he could have easily finished on the podium there, but the punctures and the tyre blowouts that he and his teammate had at the end of that race, you know, Hamilton managed to cross the line because uh, he only had, what, a quarter of the lap to go cross the line for the win on three wheels, whereas Bottas, too far behind, ended up dropping out of the points entirely, so, you know, points lost there, Eiffel Grand Prix as well, the Nürburgring, he had pole position, he would have won that if it wasn't for a you know, mechanical failure, and, you know, the mechanical failures, when they did happen, they happened on Bottas' side of the garage this year, rather than Hamilton, so a bit of, bit of bad luck on that side, then you look at um, just, I think, strategy as well there, Portugal was another thing, um, Emilia Romagna, the Imola Grand Prix as well, again, bad luck with some debris being stuck in his car from a Ferrari, that pretty much, plagued him for the whole race, you know, otherwise it would have been one where there was minimal overtaking, and he could have easily won that race from pole position, but ended up finishing second, only because Max Verstappen had one of his, uh, or completed his trifecta of um, retirements in Italy, you know, he's had a when you look at, he's had five retirements this season, three of them coming in the Italian races, because, you know, we had three races in Italy this year, amazing, never going to happen again, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it, but I think, you know, for, for Max and Red Bull, it, their title challenge kind of didn't even Get going when you look back to the form shown in preseason testing. And I know not always do we take testing as a form guide for what's going to happen in the year, but you could tell that they were nowhere near where Mercedes were. You know, Mercedes came out, they were so quick, and then they started testing wacky little things like the dash system, you know, the dual axis steering, you know, where they pull the steering wheel to change the toe or the um, alignment of the wheels so that the front tyres can be warmed up in situations such as, you know, safety cars and outlaps and all that sort of stuff, you know, how amazing that Mercedes can do things like that where Red Bull and and Ferrari, which we'll get to in a moment too, um, just can't even consistently outraced this other team, so, you know, Red Bull from the get-go, they had problems with their car, you know, from the Honda power unit side, you've got to say, they delivered this year, they had a pretty good and reliable power unit compared to previous years, but just on the Red Bull car side, it was very disappointing, you know, they came out with a chassis that just was not... um, ideal, it didn't have the same, you know, balance as it did last year and just very volatile, which we saw Alex Albon struggle with and, you know, Albon, his own, um, Taylor woes this season and since we've learned uh, since last week we've learned that, you know, he will be relegated to the reserve driver role for next year at Red Bull, which means Sergio Perez, hooray, um, gets a seat on the grid next year with Red Bull Racing, so we'll go over Checo in a, in a minute, you know, I've talked so much about Checo last few weeks, and his fortunes, and just facing the possibility of him not being on the grid next year, but that is not going to be the case now, but yeah, Verstappen, you've got to say, got everything out of the car he could, considering his teammate finished, you know, what, five places behind in the championship, you know, with almost half the points that his teammate had, Red Bull and the Constructors Championship as well, just well off Mercedes, but they did finish second, but how good is, you know, finishing second all the time, you know, and Max as well, a couple of times this season referenced, you know, it's no fun being a third wheel when you've got, you know, the two... Silver or black cars as they were this year, finishing one and two up the front and constantly fighting for the championship. Whereas he's just, you know, even though he's finishing second and third, picking up the podiums, it's um, not the same, you know. And two two good wins for him there at at uh, Silverstone, the second race, which was celebrating the 70th anniversary, of course, that we had this year for F1 at the home of. Um, home of F1 there at Silverstone and then finishing off the season in Abu Dhabi where he kind of commanded that win from whole position and that was due to the fact that Mercedes uh, decided to turn down their motors, you know, with their MG UKs just to, to preserve them at the end of the year. So, Red Bull, they've just got to hit the ground running, and, you know, they might have the benefit next year of, you know, they always start the season slow, they always have poor flyaway races, you know, when we're typically doing Australia, China, Bahrain and all that, but next year we carry over the same cars and everything with a few minor changes, maybe it could be their year, but who knows, I think without significant changes, they can't catch Mercedes, because Mercedes just are so good, and they'll probably make gains again for the next season um, a skew of fastest laps too, you know, a couple of accolades for Max in that respect, but, you know, for a while he was threatening Bottas there for second in the championship, you know, I'm sure Max wouldn't have really cared if he finished second or third, he's not world champion, so that's pretty much it, and, you know, it just shows more about you know how good a season Max has had in a car that's clearly nowhere near Mercedes level, whereas Bottas has just had the complete opposite of a year. And going back to Bottas quickly, he's you know he had the contract already signed for next year. He's not going to be going anywhere until the end of next year. And what we saw George Russell do before that, you know, unfortunate end of the Sakir Grand Prix where. Mercedes, they botched the strategy, and then got a puncture as well, Um, I think we would have seen George win, you know, on his debut weekend for Mercedes, ahead of Valtteri Bottas, who, you know, seven-time, eight-time Grand Prix winner, whatever he is now, a guy that, you know, going back to 2014, and, you know, I'm not ashamed to bring it up, that back that year I was saying this is a guy who will win a world championship in the future, and I thought the minute that, you know, Nico Rosberg retired and they announced Bottas as his replacement, I'm like, wow, so we're just going to see Hamilton and Bottas go to and fro as far as winning championships, or at least Bottas would have got one by now, but it's not been the case, and you know, as far as Team Harmony is concerned and the fact that, you know, Mercedes like having these two work together and win Constructors' Championships without any, you know, headaches, which they used to get with Rosberg and Hamilton, at the same time, you know, you want to see someone else there who can give Hamilton a bit of stress, you know, give Hamilton a bit of that on-track drama that we got between Rosberg and, you know, maybe not get too psychological with the battle, but, you know, we don't want you know, Rubens Barrichello uh, part two, or whatever, or, you know, Heike Kovalainen there at McLaren with, with Hamilton as well, which, you know, Bottas has been likened to, and Bottas is still a phenomenal driver, you know, he is still, he's got results in that Mercedes, you know, particularly during years where that Mercedes wasn't the strongest, you know, he's he's quick over a lap and everything, um, and also just what doesn't get talked about often is the fact that, you know, your drivers have as much input in the development of those cars as, you know, anyone else does, so the fact that, you know, Bottas and Hamilton have had this stable partnership for the last few years, and they've had a consistent group of people around them as well, and it all contributes to the team effort, and that's why Mercedes are now seven-time Constructors' World Champions too, which is, you know, um, unprecedented in its own right. Um... But yeah you know going going on and everything like uh, that everything that comes with it <laughs> this is this is what I mean you know when it's when it's all unscripted and everything um while it was a one horse race really out the front I think we still had a pretty exciting season given the fact we had 13 drivers finish on the podium um 13 unique drivers So good, you know. You wouldn't have picked that at the start of the year. Maybe some people would have said, "Oh, with the COVID madness, I think you would have seen some unlikely results." But you know, you take Ferrari out of the equation of finishing top three in the championship. You know, with a dismal year that they had, and that was you know largely to do with the fact that you know they got a bit of a slap across the wrist by the FIA last year for that illegal engine that they were running the oil burning that they weren't supposed to be doing but they did and that's how they got all those pole positions last year um and as a result with an underpowered engine um and their aero package you know it just made the car not very good and you know for Sebastian Vettel who as we found out before the season even started would not be staying at Ferrari you know Mattia Bonotto the team principal didn't even give him a option to renew his contract or to have a new contract with the team so that was pretty much settled before the season started and then you know when the season did start Vettel you know where was he he was hardly seen he was you know if he was seen he was spinning or you know bringing up the rear racing with his old bud Kimi Raikkonen, who, you know, in an Alfa Romeo and only scored points twice this occasion, uh, twice, you know, this year, Vettel just, you know, looking over the results, just looks so dismal, you know, not something we would see in a four-time world champion, easily his worst season to date in F1, um, by his first, back when he was a rookie, and, you know, the podium in Turkey was kind of nice and a bit nostalgic, but, yeah, it's just, it wasn't there, you know, for him, and even though the car was such a dog this year, the Ferrari was not the greatest, we still saw Leclerc get, you know, a couple of podiums under his belt, he was hard on himself a couple of times, you know, for missing out there in Turkey, um, and some other races too, but he did a great job, you know, he finished top 10 in the championship, he basically gave... Them a sliver of hope of finishing third in the championship kind of later in the year. You know, he went on a good run of top five finishes there, Um, and as Sakir had the retirement on the first lap there with Max Stappen, and what I mean, you know, he's a bit too harsh on himself, he came out in public and said that, you know, he takes full responsibility for that, and as a result, he got the penalty for the next race, three-place grid penalty, and as a result of Yas Marina's unique layout, where overtaking is not very... Um, possible year that I'm finishing 13th, so, you know, I'm sure he would have cracked the 100-point uh, um, milestone this year as well, but alas, I think we've got to just look forward to next year for Ferrari, and I've covered him off quite a bit this year, talking about how, you know, just restructuring, not really restructuring, you know, not really doing much, but just trying to keep the faith in the guys you have, and empower them, and, you know, just create a better a workspace for them and work environment you know we know that the CEO Louis Camilleri stepped down whether that was to do with COVID or not they say no Mattia Bonotto's missed a couple of races this year but you know that's to do with him wanting to focus his efforts on 2022 and spend more time at the factory there at Marinello so you know Ferrari's road back to success is going to be a long one, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, it's not going to happen for next year, so, you know, with new a new lineup in Leclerc and then Carlos Sainz too, Ferrari's youngest and most ex- inexperienced lineup, you know, their most unsuccessful lineup as well, given that they've only got two race wins between them, uh, both from Leclerc of course, uh, it's really going into the unknown and I think that in a way takes the pressure off them, you know, I think just because it's Ferrari, there's always pressure on them, but the fact that they don't have a big name, you know, a world champion name like a Vettel or a Fernando Alonso, it might be a little bit better for them, but yeah, we won't really expect too much from them next year either, but hey, as I, as I said before, you know, their pain was everyone else's game this year, because we had three teams duking it out for third in the constructors' championship. Um, Racing Point, of course, who started off the year in controversial style, uh, with their, um, pink Mercedes, you know, basically a copy of last year's Mercedes, uh, which they say they recreated with photos and whatnot, reverse engineered it, only for the FIA to do an investigation and find out that, you know, the brakes or something like that were, you know, um, they acquired the designs from Mercedes, to design them the same way, and as a result, they were given a 15-point Constructors Championship um, penalty, and I think that was just, you know, given the fact that, you know, you've got two constructors in, in Renault and McLaren, who completely designed their own cars, and don't copy, haven't copied anything for the last, you know, whatever, um, and going up against Racing Point, who were basically using last year's Mercedes, they would have been guaranteed third in the championship so it gave the others a bit of hope you know and starting off with Renault I think again the consistency thing was a bit difficult Um, they kind of came online during the second half of the season where we got some podiums underway there for Ricardo, third at uh, the Nürburgring third again at Imola um, three twice in three races and Esteban Ocon Getting second in Sakia, um, drums were kind of beating for Ocon. You know, given that he was consistently being beaten by his teammate Ricardo, and Ricardo was another one. You know, before the season started, was already announced to have been leaving Renault. Which you know, for Renault, they would you know see that as a bit of a stab in the back. Um, given you know that they haven't even turned wheel this year on track for for any races that. Ricardo just shows that he's got no faith he's going over to McLaren who of course next year will have the Mercedes power unit and they're kind of on the way up and you know with the boost of finishing third in the constructors championship this year woohoo to me for getting that prediction right from the start of the year you know I feel so proud of that (laughs) and you know just so happy as a McLaren fan as well for for them to get that finish their best finish in this championship since 2012 um is that you know they've got a good team around them, they've got good people, they had two amazing drivers this year who are just the benchmark of consistency, you know, we had a few races where it looked a bit dicey, you know, Sainz had two retirements back-to-back, he didn't start the race in Belgium with, um, reliability problems, but, you know, he and Lando Norris were nip and tuck all year, only a few bad results, but otherwise they kept their heads out of trouble, so good to see Lando on the podium there at Austria, you know, (laughs) he spent the last few months before we got racing, you know, playing Twitch, or streaming on Twitch, playing, you know, the F1 game, and a lot of other racing games, he was doing the Supercars E-Series as well, and, you know, Call of Duty, Fortnite, whatever the kids play these days and then science. you know on the podium there at Monza and you know finishing just behind Pierre Gasly who who took the sensational win and you know that day Carlos I think he said on the radio he didn't he doesn't know if he should laugh or you know he should cry because he was so close to the win and that was just so good to see that McLaren were in that winning mentality that they could have gone after the win so great on them this year, I've spoken so highly about them and, and been critical of them at times too, but I know that, you know, there were times where they were focusing on 2021, of course, you know, trying to incorporate the Mercedes power unit into their chassis with the limited changes that they are allowed as far as, um, you know, using the tokens are concerned for next year, so it was a, a tough one, but, you know, they got there, you know, finished Whatever you know, seven points ahead of Racing Point. Who you know, they'll argue that (laughs) they'll argue that you know the 15 points penalty. You know they shouldn't have got that, or you know, science should have been disqualified there in Abu Dhabi. But at the end of the day, McLaren had two drivers that performed. You know, most weekends, whereas Racing Point didn't, and that's you know a sad you know, dose of reality there for Lance Stroll, you know, he showed flashes of brilliance, of course, he had a couple of podiums, you know, but the win was there for the taking in Monza, he had a bad restart, he didn't get away quick enough, and then Sakir finishing on the podium was amazing, he had the pole position in Turkey, didn't really convert that, he went backwards and finished ninth in the end, Um, and then, yeah, you know, a string of non-points playing results, you know, or retirements you could say Tuscany Russia then didn't race in um at the Nürburgring because he was unwell and then we later found out that he had COVID and then Portugal as well was a horrible weekend for him and then compounded by Abu Dhabi where he just did not have any sense of urgency even with Perez retiring from the race early not of his own fault and the hopes being down to stroll to get the podium, sorry, not the podium, get the result to try and get Racing Point the um, position in the championship, so, you know, that's where, I guess, a lot of people frustrated this year that, you know, Stroll gets to keep his seat there, Checo doesn't for when they turn into Aston Martin Racing next year and Sebastian Vettel comes on board, but I think, you know, with Vettel's arrival, it'll give, um, Stroll the opportunity, or, you know, put the onus on him to perform, because, you know, I'm sure Racing Point or Aston Martin isn't just owned by, you know, Lawrence Stroll on his own, there's going to be a consortium, and, you know, they might begin to get fed up if the results aren't coming, so, yeah, you know, that's that, you know, Checo, amazing, two races he didn't race due to COVID, uh, positive COVID test there, um, the two Silverstone races, Missed those and still came back and finished fourth in the championship with 125 points ahead of ahead of Ricardo. So I love that, and it just shows how much of a well-rounded driver he is. I mentioned before that um, Pierre Gasly won in Monza, magical, magical result, given the fact that the last time Alpha Tauri, Toro Rosso, on a race was also at Monza, their first and only win, coming as a courtesy of Sebastian Vettel back in 2008, but, you know, that just, that's 2020 summed up for F1, you know, we had two new winners, two teams, you know, from the midfield essentially, you know, Alpha Tauri and Racing Point, even though Racing Point were expected to get super good results all year, they didn't really deliver that, deliver on that promise quite consistently, but then you look at the other podium, um, getters as well, as I said, Vettel, we had Ocon, Stroll, Gasly, Norris, Leclerc, Albon with a couple of podiums too, in what was a pretty dismal year otherwise, inconsistent year for him, um, and as we know now, he's not keeping a seat, you know, Sainz, Ricardo. Checo with a win two, and then your top three, guys, so, so amazing how it panned out this year, um, you know, George got his first points too there, even though we were kind of disappointed that it ended up being ninth as a result of all what went on in that race in, um, Bahrain, Bahrain 2, uh, yeah just kind of lost for words really about you know how what to think of the rest of the season you know we got to see Nika Hulkenberg as well in the car um a couple of times didn't start the British Grand Prix but you know finished seventh and then eighth in the two races that he did afterwards uh 70th anniversary and then also there at the Eiffel Grand Prix his home race substituting for the Racing Point guys um Kimi Raikkonen you know, he's a bit anonymous these days, back uh, there with Alfa Romeo, but he and Jovanazzi basically get a reprieve for next year, they're racing on, Latifi, you know, a lot of people wanted to hate on Latifi when he came in, um, because he's a pay driver and all that, but he was pretty okay, you know, he might not last beyond next year, but, you know, wasn't the worst guy (laughs) to come in, and, you know, good as well, you know, with the, the Williams team, it was sad that, you know, the family had to leave the sport, you know, they sold up to Dawson Capital and and everything, but the Williams name will live on in Formula One, which is important, um, they announced recently that Simon Roberts would be staying on as team principal, you know, he's been signed, um, to the role permanently and, you know, full, you know, permanently, sorry, not full-time, um, and then of course, uh, Yost Capito, who, you know, we might have heard in the past as having come on as a McLaren boss, you know, when Ron Dennis was still there, and then probably stepped down not too long after, you know, he's been appointed as a head honcho there at Williams, you know, so he's uh, running the team on a day-to-day basis, um, basically taking over the, the role of what the Williams family was involved in as well, but, um you know good good on them I think they're going to have a good road to recovery now they've got the money behind them and everything and you know we best wishes you know and health and everything to the Williams family you know for to Sir Frank and to Claire as well for everything that they've done for the sport um good on them and I'm hoping that you know they can be successful again the the brand and the name can be successful again in the future Haas, (laughs) Haas, <laughs> not much to really say about Haas, so we'll leave it there, but, you know, of course, with, with Roman Grosjean, the uh, horrific accident that he had in Bahrain, you know, I'm glad he's okay, and uh, on the mend and everything now at home, um, Kevin Magnussen, of course, scoring the, some points, um, or a point he scored this year for them, it was Grosjean who scored two points, sorry, there, and in, uh, in the Nürburgring, just struggling to remember all this, and then I just let out a big yawn, totally professional, isn't it, Um, but yeah, they'll be looking forward to next year, and having two new drivers on board, and everything, see how they go, you know, personally, as I've said before, I wouldn't have Nikita Mazepin on board, you know, just because of all the controversy that's come of it, and you know, what F1 is trying to do as far as taking a stand against, you know, discrimination and all that, it just, it just isn't on, so I don't know what they're going to do, anyway, (laughs) Um, yeah, well, you know, closing thoughts, what should I say, some good races overall this year, I think nothing's going to really change significantly until we get the new regulations in 2022, but other than that, you know, I think that's, that's it, you know, I'm just glad we got a season in this year, it was, it was exciting at times, it was boring at times, but, you know, that's Formula One, you know, we love the ups and downs, we ride every wave, you know, we're always going to be fans no matter what happens and everything, so, you know, despite what did happen in the negative sense this year, I think, you know, we'll bounce back and, and have a good year next year, you know, 23 races coming up, that's unprecedented of course, but um, hopefully someone can take it to Lewis Hamilton and um, whether it's Bottas or Verstappen or someone else can challenge, who knows, but other than that, I think, we're calling it a day, we're calling it a year, you know, for 2020, so, um, before I finish up, of course, you know, I want to give some quick shout-outs as well for, for this year, and, um, big, big thank you, of course, to everyone who tuned in, who was listening, you know, whether you listen to the podcast, or you follow my live blogs on the raw, um, if you guys who follow the live blogs are listening out there, that'd be great, I'm you know, so appreciative and grateful, for all the support you give me, and a big thank you from me, of course, for that, and, you know, for my articles, reading them as well, <laughs> um, so, so grateful for that, and happy, and then on the podcast side, you know, gotta give a big shout out to my mates at the Regent E Racing podcast, even though, you know, the show is no longer, sadly, um, I've really had good fun with uh, Dino and Chris this year, whether it was on their show or on here. Um, and as I said before, best of luck to them for what they're gonna do in the future. Um, it's definitely going to leave a big bit of a hole for, for next year when Formula E comes back and everything, so good on you guys, um, had good fun with you, uh, copy that mate as well, uh, Ben, thank you for the support you've given this year as well, I know you listen to the show all the time too, um, I have to say as well that, you know, am I apparently owed a beer or something because i was told that I won the, the CTM Beer League, the F1 Fantasy League, so, you know, just, just saying, you know, I wouldn't mind a cold one if you, if, if that's the prize for, for winning the Fantasy League, I think it was the only Fantasy League that I won this year, so terrible, I know, I end up signing up for all this stuff and, you know, don't end up doing anything uh, good in them, uh, Outlap F1 guys as well, John, James and Andy, um love listening to you guys every week um especially in my commute to and from work it's it's made a big difference this year through those cold wintry days those dark days where you know we didn't know what was going on in the world and um I still had work to keep me going and I had you guys as well who did an amazing job all year with your podcast and you know, Andy, just great to hear some McLaren flavour on there, so that's really good. And just just saying, you know, if if you need a guest predictor or you're doing guest predictions next year, you know, and you want someone for Melbourne and the Australian Grand Prix, wouldn't be it? Wouldn't be a bad idea to get a, some local flavour on there. So I, I know I know the Albert Park circuit quite well, <laughs> twenty minutes away um, as a matter of fact, so, you know, just, just putting it out there, guys, (laughs) um, and of course, uh, Sportaholic podcast as well, who, which I don't think, um, is around anymore, but, uh, done by Joshua Kerr there, so, you know, he he did a good job with that when he was doing it, um, and best of luck to him as well in whatever endeavours, endeavours he's chasing next, but, yeah, you know, again, massive thank you to everyone who's tuned in and given me support this year, I wouldn't do this if, you know, I didn't have a couple of people who are interested, you know, I have great fun doing it, and here's to 2021, here's to a new season next year, you know, Um, we all deserve a bit of a break, I'm so happy I'm having a bit of a break going going on holiday, even if it is just to Adelaide, because, you know, the border is open and why not? they're not going to get put into lockdown touch wood (laughs) and yeah that's that's pretty much it guys so stay safe over the holiday season have fun um if you can with your loved ones if not then you know just make sure you're in contact and uh we'll see you in 2021 ciao